Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, we come before you today in this Advent season, and I ask that you would give us the grace of expectant waiting, that we would learn the grace of silence, the meeting with you that awaits us in silence. Lord, give us the grace to be drawn and to follow. Lord, take us beyond our weakness. Take us beyond our limits to honor you and to be willing to experience a fresh start as you come to birth in our lives. Lord, that's what we want, that you come to birth in our lives in a new way. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Carrie, how are you feeling today? Uh, I'm feeling fine. How are you feeling, Tom? <laughs> I'm feeling sick. Uh, I, You know, it's an interesting thing that being sick now, it's, is it three and a half weeks? Or is it, it's not two and a half weeks. No. It's three and a half weeks. So It's about three months. Pretty sure. What? It's been a long, Cut long... it out. It's not that long. So here's the thing. So you, uh, two, I'm going to put two pegs in the ground. The three and a half weeks of being sick and, and just still like facing it. And I think I'm okay. And then I hit these energy cliffs and I fall off and I'm just out of it. And the other is my calf muscle that I pulled playing flag football on Thanksgiving over two years ago. And I still wear this compression sock, and today I tweaked it, again, just walking down the stairs. You have like this lack of compassion look on your face right now. I'm serious. Like, I, I'm you just, not. I'm it's sm- the way you're looking at me, I swear. No, There's like I'm, no compassion in that, like, in that look. I'm smiling. I'm thinking about going to Costco, and they have the knee braces and the calf braces, and they have all the different vitamins and joint medicines and things you need for ailments as you get older. And I feel like they really are ahead of the curve as far as who their clientele is and how they're going to help you into the next season. And they're already bringing out, you know, all the machines for the New Year's resolution and getting back in shape. And so I'm smiling. I was not not thinking of you compassionately. I was just thinking of something else. (laughs) You see, Folks, this is what happens. You married 27 years. There are certain trigger looks. I know. That's so sad. Trigger looks. It is so sad. It's okay. Well, and that's a whole topic. We could, we could, we'll go into that a little later in the program. Oh, but I, wow. I, I want to go into this other thing first. And that is that it has become, to me, sort of the status quo. Like, oh, this is what I expect. I expect when I get up, I'm going to have this chest congestion and I'm going to have this sort of hacking cough. I'm going to have these energy cliffs where I just work for a time and then fall off the cliff. I'm not going to have the energy or the the level of health needed to work out. I don't have that same degree of focus and, and energy to be able to eat healthy. Yeah, I'm just piling a lot. I'm on trying this. to give you a really nice, compassionate look. Thank you, you. thank you. Oh, honey, it's well, so hard. But here's the thing. Okay, this is going somewhere, and it's that this is not what I want. I have not forgotten what it's like to be really healthy. Uh, I'm, and I have not forgotten the reality of being able to work out and, and run and and have that verve of being able to press through my day and feeling great about how I'm eating and all of that. But there is something about the spiritual life where I think a lot of us Catholics have come to settle for a spiritual sickness, a spiritual torpor, a spiritual uh, sluggishness. Hold on, I have to get my dictionary. Okay, Uh, to the, that's the word from St. John of the Cross in the dark night of the soul when he identifies the the first dark night when the when we our bodies hold us back and we have to be cleansed and have to have our our bodies ordered in a way that all of the the desires of our senses are ordered towards the interior life and how our body holds us back well when you um, when you think about it, 
I think so many of us Catholics have exp- experienced like a, a steady state or uh, a here's our here's my current reality as if that's all there is. That's what I should expect in my spiritual life. When in fact we're spiritually sick, and being spiritually sick has become the norm. And so the this is actually very much a part of the theology of sin that it has consequences and the consequences of sin are that it darkens the intellect and if you think about that that sin darkens the intellect that when we give ourselves over to a life where we settle for less in our in our spiritual lives when we're not praying as we ought when we're not exercising spiritual disciplines as we ought we are living at a level that is less than what God intends but we think we're doing fine we just think that this is, well, this is all there is. This level of joy, this level of spiritual clarity, this level of faith expectation, this level of urgency and ardor when it comes to fulfilling God's mission and proclaiming Jesus, those things are, are relegated to books and lives of saints, but somehow remain quite a distance from us because we settle for spiritual sickness. It's like, how long have I been physically sick? Three and a half weeks. Well, how long have I been spiritually sick? What are those plate like two years on this on this calf muscle and how it's holding me back? And it's like, why don't I bite the bullet and actually go get real therapy and, and get a real sports doctor to look at it and maybe perform an operation to really address it? Or maybe I'm just getting old and just say, I don't have time for that, and I'll just I'll just keep living the way I'm living. Sadly, I think that is what we very easily settle for, not only in our own spiritual lives, in our relationship with God, but in our marriages, and in our relationships with our kids, and what we expect as a family. We seem to have such a a little amount of, of desire or energy or a vision that God has so much more for us. He is coming, Advent, He is coming to be born in us and to bring something so much greater than we have yet to imagine. And we stay spiritually sick. What do you think? <laughs> well, I'm thinking accountability. I'm wondering what would it take for me to raise my spiritual ardor, to like step up, step in, move towards that which is called of me that I know. And it's not, Tom, like I don't realize my failings or I don't, I do know that I, my weaknesses, I do know my temptations. I do know the ways in which I fail God. I don't think that's hidden from me. I think that's the sadness that, this age that I'm in, or I think as you get older, you've gone through these rhythms. Me or you? You're saying you. I'm as saying As I get you. older, I go... As I get older. I'm making older. you own it, dear. <laughs> Just is that, is that you what you're doing? It. Yes, I am. Yikes. Use I statements. Remember the counselor said that, right? <sighs> counselor. Just kidding. Go ahead. Um, I just feel like there is a sadness. There has to be like a, a, a human sadness when you, when I fail God, when I fall short of what I desire in the depths of my heart and I really long for, and I know that that's there for us, but yet I can't attain it. Okay, do you think that more Catholics listening right now are like you or like <laughs> what I described? Meaning, Wait, how are we different again? <laughs> well, I said that there are, there are so many Catholics who don't even have a picture in their mind. They don't have that desired vision to, to realize that says, I'm living a life that's settling for less. I'm saying that so many of us have never been presented, so many Catholics have never been presented with the more. Other than maybe, again, they, if they do see it in the life of a saint or something like that, but it's so far removed from their own lives. It says in the letter to the Hebrews that once you've tasted like the, 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 the good things of God, you can't go back. You can't like revert to a life 
that hasn't experienced those good things. So it's one of those things that the higher you rise, the, the, the further the fall. Yes. Right? So in some ways, what you're saying is you've risen high, and so you've fallen pretty badly here, honey. So <laughs> I didn't mean all I, of that. I but. don't think I've risen that high, and I don't think I've fallen that, that far, but I just feel like that lukewarm kind of mediocrity is the season. Okay, so this is an example. The other night I went to adoration, totally easy, full of joy, no problem. I want to be there. I can't wait to get there. That has not been my experience on Tuesday nights for about a month. Do you think that was because I was sick? And that no. like you went to fulfill the obligation that our family had No, because I was sick and I couldn't go. No, so, it was a grace. It was a, as a real grace. And just in adoration, just talking to the Lord and encountering him there, I, I was like, thank you, Lord, for this. It's what I long for, but I, I also feel like it's not, ch- it's not like chiseling or sharpening or calling me to deny myself. When he makes it really easy, what do I have to do? <laughs> I just have to like enjoy it. And that's just, that's just how I am. The Lord and I know this. It was little conversations of me wanting things to be a little bit easier and not requiring too much denial of self. Um, but that's, and, and I don't want to get caught up in, in my limits. I just feel like accept them, thank the Lord for the way he's made me and keep trying to push forward. But I also feel like what you're saying, Tom, your physical ailments, can you get a steroid to help your lungs? Can you go see a doctor to see if there's some kind of, you know, vitamin or some kind of regimen to help you get cleared up quicker? Is there a way to get physical therapy for your calf? I I do feel like there's a way in which spiritually we're called to read and to search and to study and to um, being involved in community where we spiritually are being more rigorous and focused. And I think also then, if that's true, and I think it is, you're talking specifically now around um, like some spiritual disciplines, and you mentioned community. Um, What stops us? Like what stops you from either the individual actions can i tell you what we're doing for christmas can i tell you all the excitement hey I got all to the go plans <laughs> that we have all the wonderful works in the workings the workings of the works all right we'll go to that in the second segment we only have a <laughs> there's only a minute left to endure of this endure uh, of this examination <laughs> of conscience dear this examination of conscience it, it just it feels like to me that part of advent advent is about removing the blockages yes advent is about removing the blockages and so Christ is coming, and so we want to um, we want to uh, be taking steps that ready us for the removal of the blockages. We can't even Saint John of the Cross says even dispose ourselves for the deeper work that God wants to do. At a human level, we can do things like guess what? If you ate differently late at night and you went to bed rather than watching movies, then you'd be able to get up earlier, e- more easily. Wait, are you talking you or I statements? Uh, we, I, I want to hear if I, we, I want to hear I, I you, statements. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. Um, but I do get up and pray. <laughs> Ooh, oh, <laughs> is this a tit for tat? <laughs> I know I'll lose this every day, so let's just not go there. But it, how about the opportunities I miss out on? Like after we pray our family rosary at night, it's it's late. Is this a confession then? And, Saint, and John, Mark, and I stay up and do the St. Joseph novena that we're doing. And it's not a, this is not like a minor league novena. This is like a big, it's a long novena. Like is it longer than the rosary? It is, it's a probably 10 minute long oh, novena. Oh, that is long. It's, it's, it's not short. And it um, it's very powerful. <laughs> I'll talk about what it does in a minute. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it actually did <clears throat> what I what I don't like it do like what I don't like in prayer. It did, and I did it this this today on this program when I prayed. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm praying like the Saint Joseph Novena. Uh, you have no idea what I'm talking I, about. Yes, I do. What is it? It's your teaching. They, they teach you things about... You're teaching about God in prayer. You're teaching you are, Saint yeah, Joseph. That's a Saint thing Joseph, for you. You, you who were like. such an amazing father who always were there for Mary. You who were nourishing as Joseph at the... Uh, Jesus at the side of the carpenter's bench when you worked with him day after day. Joseph, you who... And I'm like, why am I saying all this stuff to Joseph? He lived it. And I'm like... But I'm like, actually, it teaches me. 
it's forming me. And so the prayer that I prayed this morning, I was teaching God. Well, I was teaching myself. In some ways, I was speaking back to myself in the prayer. And I was like, oh, that's actually really cool. So I I saw a benefit, uh, something that I was typically critical of. I saw a benefit this morning as I prayed. Very good. All right, what begins to break? Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. I'm with my lovely wife, Carrie. Do encourage you if you enjoy this program. Let us know. Give us some feedback. Go to mycatholicfaith.org, mycatholicfaith.org. You can get in touch with me there. Love to be able to hear from you. Uh, love to be able to hear from you if I can serve you. If you're thinking about coming and visiting, discerning a move this way, I can serve you. I, I love, I'm working with about 10 different families right now in their process of discerning the reality of moving here, including the idea of buying a home or selling a home. And I can do that in the state of Washington and in Idaho. And I'm going to soon be a sponsor of my own program. So you're going to hear this message instead of me saying it, you're going to hear it in a sponsor message. So that's my attempt to also support the program. So, but you can reach me right now by just going to mycatholicfaith.org. You can Contact Tom. There's a simple button there. You can also sign up for the podcast, the Dr. Tom Curran podcast, as well as access free downloadable resources, audio, video, and e-books. That's right. All of those wonderful things. And Carrie and I would love to hear from you about this program, your thoughts, insights, and um, any other any other thing that you'd like to share with us. Love to be able to hear from you. Okay, Carrie, talking about getting to the next level and how we uh, can be held back from doing that. I'll just finish the final comment because you have some really cool things to share about ways in which you have been like planning for, like envisioning and strategizing and planning for uh, a great break, a great a great uh, Christmas break for the kids because the kids, today's their last day of school, and then they're going to be off for two weeks. And so having the kiddos at home, what do we do with them to have a great, well, end of the Advent season and Christmas season? So why don't we actually dive into that? So where do you want to start? Do you want to start with today, which is a pretty cool day? Or what do you want to do? Um, well, I, I would like to start with, it's interesting that we're at the Christmas season and we haven't talked about gifts or what we're getting for the kids, or how we're celebrating this year. It's such a strange time in our life. It's it's just a very different time in our life. And I guess um, it adds, th- this time it can be light and fun and festive amidst all that's actually going on in the real world. And I don't know how much we expose our kids to or how much we talk to them about the politics or the the national or the border situation or um, governmental policies. I don't hyperinflation. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna hear about it. Um, so it's I I don't know like if, as far as news goes if we even like we don't watch the news. I read the news and sometimes I'll record a couple of episodes, but I don't really we don't have the news on. Like when I was growing up, we always had the news on. Or my dad would have, we'd have the news on at night and we just don't even put it on because it's so fake and slanted and biased and not real news. So it just seems in, like, what will our kids think in five years? Okay, this is a total side note. It's nice to plan something fun and festive and exciting and celebrate the birth of Jesus and to be together as family. And I think that's where I just want to focus because I don't like, it's like I want to put my fingers in my ears and go, la, 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 can't hear you, not listening, <laughs> just do the... When I'm talking about being spiritually sick, <laughs> hey, that's the that's the one side of the coin about the coming of Christ, right? That, that That's why we have three purple candles and only one rose candle. So you're basically a rose-colored, oh, rose-colored glasses, yes. look at that. You're a rose-colored I Advent am. girl. I'm all, I, I live it. my life that way. That's so nice. um, we have a family coming over um, for after Christmas, my my brother and his family, and he's bringing a couple of um, cousins over as well. And we are going to go up to Lookout. It's a ski place on the Montana-Idaho border, and it's a great, great little 
ski mountain. When I say little, it's, do you know how many acres it is? Do you have an idea? No idea. A thousand. It's like 550. That's it? That's it. Wow. It has 34 runs. It's pretty small. It's the smallest, I think. But the nice thing about it is it's powder. It's dry. It's always, the, the snow is just dry. And I'm used to like skiing at Crystal or Snoqualmie where it was wet and icy and cold and yuck. And this just has this wonderful powder feel and it really is something different. Um, but you can also ski at, like on your way to look out, there's a Silver Mountain, which has, it's like twice the size. It's like a thousand, so like a thousand acres. 1600. It has 67 runs. It's way bigger. And that's why people go there because it's just a lot bigger, but you have to take a gondola to yeah, get Yeah, much more compl- I mean, they have bigger runs, more complicated runs. Yeah. And it, more difficult runs, things like that. And it costs a little more. But the, the neat thing about Lookout is my sister in law and I have been texting, and they're bringing two of their kids who have never skied. And I said, Look, there's this great deal. And I'm just saying this to all the people that are on the other side of the mountains or even here. It's only $150. You get all your rentals for three lessons or three days for free. You get three ski lessons and you get the lift ticket. But the first two days, you only get the lift ticket to the bunny run. So you actually might have to buy a lift ticket on one of those days. But it's $150 for all of that for your rentals lessons, which kids need. You need a lesson when you start out. You really should just take one or two lessons. And of course, you need a lift ticket. It's $150 just to get a lift ticket at Crystal Mountain for one day. No no rentals, no lessons, no anything. Just your lift ticket. So if you actually compare the prices, it's so inexpensive. And not only that, we're going to get like a little house up there. And it sleeps 18 people. So that's a lot of beds or mattresses. <laughs> Some of them are on the floor. But it's like $150 a night or $175 a night, which is so inexpensive. If you go up to Schweitzer, which is a beautiful resort up here, and in, in, it's in Idaho, and it's also a really amazing place for the millionaires and billionaires. <laughs> We're not up in that category. But that is like, if you want a house for 18 it's like $2,000 a night. $2,175. $2,175. Now, granted, we're going to be staying in this little town called Wallace. It's like this, the whole town of Wallace, Idaho is historically set apart or it's considered a historical site. It's on the historical register. But the entire town is. (laughs) Not just like a couple of buildings, the whole town. And the funny thing about when you go, it's on I-90, you head towards through Idaho to Montana. When you hit this town, they they built this kind of raised um, viaduct to go past it. So you feel, it feels like those train tracks, you know, like the model. Like a monorail? No, like, you know, like the model train oh, yeah. towns that you would see in like a someone who's really into trains, they build these train t- I'm just going to nod. Just nod. Oh, oh, of course, honey. I know exactly what you mean. When you go by this town, you're like above the town on this raised viaduct. And so it feels like you're going by a model town or like it doesn't feel real. And when you go to the town, it's like built in the 1890s to like the 1920s. Wasn't it a silver mining? Mining. The whole idea was that, oh, here's an industry. There's silver mines. Let's build a town up to support the silver mining that was going on. The miners and the corporation and everything else. Wasn't it just really? Yes. It was all about mining. It was like the main city in Idaho. It was a place like Teddy or what? Roosevelt. Was yeah, it Theodore really? Roosevelt stopped there as a political stuff. Yeah, it actually was a really major town before Coeur d'Alene, before Spokane. Spokane. Yeah, it's interesting if you read the history of it. But when you go there, it feels like you're going back in time like 100 years, like the Twilight Zone, because it's so old. Like all the buildings are still from there. There was like a huge fire there in like 1910 where it was one of the biggest, actually the biggest fires, forest fires in the history of our country from what I read. Really? It came and it wiped out like a third of the town. But now they do burn ban- burn like prescribed burns in idaho where they will and burns yeah. yeah they'll actually burn in the fall or in the spring you'll see like when i was at uh, in Coeur d'Alene doing our co-op when we were doing a co-op i saw these like little smoke um pillars of smoke coming up from the mountains i'm like what what are they doing why is there why is there like little fires everywhere i said oh that's their burn their prescribed burns so that it doesn't happen but could you imagine if it was one of the largest 
fires ever. Wow. Hell. Well, when we went there, didn't we stay? Like, we went there last year, and we stayed in, like, one of the executives of the mining Yeah, it was like this house from 19... Like, literally, the house had not changed from 1940s. It felt like the Brady Bunch, but 10 years prior. Everything, like the shade carpet, the the, the pink tiles, the blue bathtub. <laughs> it was all, like, you are going back in time, but it was all beautifully... Like for that house, it but was I an just ex- remember there was, was a beautiful. Sense of, here's the old. history of what this what this home was. So that that idea of a historical, like monument or landmark, was that oh this was the house that was used to uh, as an apartment for visiting executives from the mining company. Something like that. Yeah, is, I, I remember the story. I could make something up. But I that, know, just make it up. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really cool town. I mean, you have like mountains on both sides that tower over it that go down into. It's really cool. So that's where we're staying, and it's so inexpensive. And then if you want to go up to Lookout, so if you were to make your six-hour drive, I think that's how long it would take to get there. The houses From are, Seattle, yeah. Yeah, you can get a house for 125 a night. You can get skiing for three days for your kids for $150, your rentals, your chairlift, your lessons. It's like such a deal. I'm like, everyone should come over here to Lookout. No, wait, don't. Don't come over here. <laughs> no, but it's such an amazing... And even like talking to the people that are renting us the houses, they've lived there forever. They're very simple. They like their st- their lifestyle. It's not like they're trying to make a buck. I felt like when we went to Seattle and rented a house for the wedding this August, past August, we're staying in Redondo. It was such a joke. Just the amount of what they charged and how cheap the house was and how the, the furniture broke the sliding ga- glass door broke. <laughs> they didn't have this, that, and the other thing. It was just like this like quick money-making deal that they're trying to do on these verbos. You don't get that. They did. <laughs> they got us. It was crazy. But they don't. you don't have that in some of these small towns that are just still very organic. Yeah, I got and- a message from the um, owners. They uh, sent me a, a message on Verbo saying, we just live two doors down. Oh, darn. We want to come back. <laughs> That's not the house. They did. They said, we're going to come by at some point. We'd love to meet you. Just let us know if there's any way to, to be of service. Oh, so, so funny. So what we're doing is, cute? yeah, we're going to, um, we invited like five to eight boys to come and surprise our son for his birthday. And we we're going to have them all stay with us because we had room. But then I'm like, that would be really hard to have all of those kids. And then I'm supposed to be spending time with my sister-in-law and my brother and my ne- nephews and nieces. So it was so inexpensive to just get another house and say, hey, everyone, come up and let's go skiing for four days because they're all on break and several of them have um, season passes at Lookout. I said, just come up. We'll have a great time. And you, it's only day skiing there. You can't ski at night there. So at night we'll have some things planned. But it, it's going to be so fun. And just to be out in the, in the evenings with the snow, with the, the stars, with the cold weather and enjoy the beauty of this little town. I don't know. I'm just really excited for the kids to enjoy not being in school and not having to think about homework and all that the pressure of, you know, school life provides for them or demands of them. And, and you know, the, just to say in passing, they'll be in a town where no one has a mask on. There's no social distancing requirements (laughs) at a, and on and on it goes. So just to say the freedom that these nephews and nieces and, uh, in-laws of ours experience when they come our way they just like have their eyes wide open like it's just so free and normal it, it just there's that shedding of, of that sigh of relief it's, in that sense of ah it's so true so it's such a gift uh, that I, i'm thrilled to be able to to provide that for them as well carrie you know i think about the idea that there are a couple of weeks, folks, you're listening, and, and many of you, especially if you have kids, you're about to enter into probably a two-week vacation. Um, it just so happens that because of how Christmas is situated on a Saturday and, and then it pushes out, that be intentional with this time. I know it's easy to get frenetic and then to get sedentary. So just kind of going crazy beforehand and then just sort of crashing and saying, okay, I just want to recover and just do nothing. You can miss out on some rich opportunities, rich opportunities to be together. I know that one of the things that takes effort 
and this is this is kind of funny to say it like this. It takes effort to play well. That's actually an excellent, excellent way of saying it because I feel like this is playing hard. And I don't like to play hard. I don't like all the prep and time and effort and planning and to get up early, early and make sure you have all the gear. It's a lot of work. And I'm not, I don't feel like we're typically a family that plays hard or plays at that level. And so if you're skiing, you're definitely playing at a different level. I I was thinking about playing checkers and dominoes and <laughs> cars. I wasn't build even a thinking puzzle. That, yeah. Let's read a book. Uh, well, honestly. Sit by the fire. Well, let me say it again. <laughs> It's it's hard work to play gracefully. It it takes a lot of effort, time, and planning to say, is this game going to work? What game will work well for our kids and for the kids that are visiting? Because nature abhors a vacuum, and kids will fill the vacuum with goofy stuff, stuff that's a waste, or stuff that tumbles downstream into things that are not life-giving. This is really a time where kids get in trouble because they have that freedom. They just have, like you said, a vacuum of time to fill. And if we're not as parents guiding them and helping them and forming them, it really can be some of the more difficult seasons. And I've so known that. Set from, them up for success yes. and create things that they would enjoy that we can enjoy together with them. Or we can watch as they enjoy them. So I know that you're also experiencing something or doing something tomorrow that involves family and involves a tremendous amount of hard work to make things be graceful and smooth. What are we talking about? Well, we'll tell you in a minute on Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. So Carrie and I, here we are, we are in Spokane, most of your family is in Seattle. We're going to be back here at Christmas celebrating as our own family. But for you, of course, you want to be able to see Christine and your mom. Don't want to miss out seeing Christine. It's so important. Christine, coming to visit and to see your family. And you've been able to weave it into a custom, a tradition that you started with our girls I don't know how many years ago, 15 years ago? Yeah, it's it probably a, been... At least 15 years. Yeah, Mary Grace would be seven. Yeah. I think initially we did cookie, we were making cookies at my sister's... Well, you didn't see what the tradition was. Well, I don't even know what it was back then. It was the making... tradition was you went out, what you went away with the girls and you did a special girls activity. Oh, that's in the summertime. And that was the, the first activities were just the older girls. Oh, that's right. But somehow that got connected to this activity where... Well, essentially, let's start with the baseline, which I, was, I, I, are we mixing? I, I, am I doing apples and oranges here? <laughs> I think this has always been my sister's event. She's always hosted it. I've just helped. We've all pitched in and helped with the food and the activities. But it's it's evolved, I would say, and gotten bigger and more elaborate and more um, evolved. Yeah, so. Okay. I just, I thought that I can remember like this gathering with, Girls only. Yes, has always been every Advent. Yes. Okay. How long has that been going on? Since Mary Grace was two, really? two years old. Wow. Yes. Okay. It was at so. the McKenna House in Black Diamond. Year okay, after so year that, after year. That's pre-Tom. That's, that's... No, no. Mary Grace. That was Mary Grace when she was two. You were around when Mary Grace was born. You helped build her and <laughs> make her. <laughs> Black Diamond. That was like the family retreat. Their house in Auburn, Black Diamond, Auburn. Do, right, do you remember this house? Oh, yeah, I remember the house. <laughs> Carrie, you going to get our facts right. Okay, let's just Let push just say, forward. You're going the to key this... point, Mary Grace was two years old, so you were definitely around. Okay. You said Black Diamond. I'm like, isn't Black Diamond way out? And then you said Auburn. And I'm like, okay. oh, okay, Auburn. That's different. It's the same. It's right next to each other. I surrender, everybody. I'm I apologize. No, right I now. actually am probably at fault because I don't explain things. Thank you, Jesus. Precisely. Thank you, Jesus. And you Go like ahead. precision. No, so that's when it started. Um, we just get together with all the girl cousins and the aunties. And this year it's evolved into, so my family still does the Zoom Bible study every week. I'm, I have not been a part of it for the last four months or so, three months. I'm not sure. Um, but you know, the heart of my siblings is that they want their kids to know the Lord. They really have this desire that their kids know truth. They know the beauty of the church's teachings, that they 
are able to find truth and have that heart conversion, that heart transformation. And I think this is on all of our hearts. And I'm sure those who are listening, it's your desire for your kids, for your grandkids, for your great grandkids, that we are immersed in God's truth because it brings light and freedom and goodness and happiness. And we want our kids to, I mean, not to use (laughs) faith to say, I want to be happy, therefore follow the Lord. But we just know that a rich life comes from that, which is poured out for others. And that comes from Christ in us and his love that hopefully inspires and calls us to live selflessly. Um, Anyhow, so this tomorrow or Saturday, we're going to do a six hour event. And that part of it is games. And we're having fun. We're playing different activities of uh, and having different crafts, a craft. But um, there's just going to be a time of prayer and sharing. And for us as the female adults and, and my mom to share our heart's desire for them to have a sense of who Christ is and why he's so important to our, the Delorenzo family. And I mean, this is truly a faith that you hand on in, in that respect. Like this is a time where you say, this is what it means to be a part of this family. And this is why Christ is so centered in our life and why we desire him to be the center of your life. Um, and the following day, we're going to gather with all the cousins, not just the girl cousins. And oh, that's okay. so, so, it's a twofer. Oh, I didn't know it was a, both a Saturday and a Sunday. I thought it was like yeah. Saturday morning and then Saturday afternoon or something like that. No, it's okay. like all day Saturday and then it's like four hours on Sunday. Oh, nice. And so the Sunday part is going to be a little bit more um Actually, I've got questions about the Saturday one first. All right. All right. All right. I don't even know. I might not know the answer. Okay. So what you said was something beautiful, but it might remain free floating in the air for some folks when you said you're going to get together with your sisters and the older uh, ladies and speak a word of uh, faith and testimony to the younger ones about the reality of the important about the reality of Christ and the importance of a relationship with Christ in your lives. Do you have a, a sense of how that's going to happen? What will you do to to have that happen um, in a way that will have the the younger ladies, the teenagers, be disposed, be open? Uh, what what are some of the things that you've designed to yes, address? Yes, I have that? the whole day laid out perfectly. <laughs> it's so orderly. You're going to be blown away by how God's going to speak. No, actually, we're just praying and saying, "Lord, help us." Um, we met on a couple of Zoom meetings, Tom, and it's really tricky to navigate the hearts of teenagers, young adults, because here they're in a home where their moms are always teaching, preaching, <laughs> reprimanding. Um, they have fathers who are trying to be the light and be the standard bearer. And so you, so these kids have heard the gospel message, but then it's like, well, at what point do they have their own agency to say, Lord, I want you to be the center of my life. I want to follow you with all that I have. They've listened, but have they heard? (laughs) So you can't like gather them all together and say, okay, you guys need to have Jesus in your heart and we need to pray 24 seven. Well, not that And they fall down in tears in a puddle and they cry out to God for mercy. So I think um, my best sense was let's just really celebrate being family. Let's really celebrate what it means to have faith. Let's celebrate grandma as she's uh, almost 92, 91. Um, Let her share what faith is to her so she can be that matriarch of the family and her words hold so much weight. They're very weighty because of her experience and who she is and the role that God's given her. And then you just, we trust that the Lord is going to use those words and that, that fun and that uh, camaraderie, that time together to soften their heart, to open their heart, to bring them to a space where they're like, Oh, this is what I, it means to be a De Lorenzo. This is what it means. So if I use sort of a scriptural analogy, I would say that it's really about sowing seeds. Yeah, I think that's... This is about you're you're sowing seeds and you're going to pray that the ground is fertile because there's lots of soil that'll be present in that room. And so if you see it as lower some of the expectations, this isn't about bringing them entirely through a process of conversion, but Lord, we're going to sow the seeds and make room for you to take over. Well, the interesting thing about being Catholic, Tom, is... I mean, there are definitely kids who just have this call where they love the Lord and they're just so enraptured with that faith, like our son. But 
there is so much room in our faith to grow into maturity of faith to, as you follow along the way, you are um, kind of reflecting and, and thinking about and taking in the teachings and the, the commandments and then confession and going to mass. And so hopefully that journey is going to be, it's a lifelong walk. It's not just a moment and then you're saved. It just has a different feel to it. Now for me, Tom, it was a moment and I was saved. <laughs> it just felt like I knew. And I, I do feel like there's a moment where each person encounters the Lord in a very beautiful, profound way, hopefully. But I don't know if, um, I, I just and don't just know. just to say, when you say I was saved, what you meant was, what did you mean? Because I that's knew not, that the Lord, not yeah, a, that's not the language I would use. Right. I, I knew that the Lord knew, I knew I was loved unconditionally and I felt and encountered his love for me in a way that I'd never, ever experienced. And I knew that everything was good and that heaven was like to be with the Lord was the greatest good. And yeah. it just awakened my whole inside in a way that I'd never, ever known before. Right. I would use words like encounter and personal. Yeah. That you had an encounter with the living Lord Jesus and he became personal to you in that you knew you were known, you knew you were loved by him, I, I knew not I just was, by God. I knew I was going to heaven. Like I knew if I died, I would go to heaven. Like I didn't have, I never even thought of it actually before that encounter. I don't think I thought of it like that. But that was the first time where I thought, wow, there's a supernatural creator who has totally enraptured my heart. It just... I don't know. It's very profound. Well, do you remember Father Francis Martin from the Mother of God community in Gaithersburg, yes. Maryland? He w would emphasize quite a bit the fact that the modern person lives in a closed system. Now, what he meant by that... What did he mean by that? What he meant by that was <laughs> we tend to live our lives conscious only of the physical world that we're living in. And that dominates our own sense of what is reality that God is a leftover on the fringes of our consciousness. And if he has a part to play, it, it the part he has to play is centered on this world and helping us in this world. So even God becomes part of this world rather than breaking open our entire way of seeing things, including life to realize that everything here is temporary and that we're on a journey and we're on a journey home to God. That's what happens when we have that uh, breakthrough. I want to have your breakthrough. All right, back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. So, Carrie, we've had fun during the first, the, the second and third segments, but now we're back to the final segment. So I think we should revisit something that we started on in the first segment, which was removing blockages to Christ coming to birth in a whole new way. And we said in passing the idea that how you were looking at me and how I was responding to you was to a triggered look kind of thing. And, and that, that triggered you, that got you to say, hey, wait a minute, there's this really cool quote from the screw tape letters of C.S. Lewis. Yeah, uh, Michael and Alicia Hernan do the Messy Parenting Project, and they sent us a letter, a fundraising letter. And they're just such a great couple. I really have enjoyed them. And They've been, you know, I think, Tom, some of our content I've gotten from them and then just felt camaraderie with their, um, how they reach out to Catholic families. But anyhow, in the letter they wrote, it says, um, if, so if you're not familiar, familiar with the book, it's just that fictional tell the senior demon named Screwtape, and he's advising his nephew, Wormwood. And he's trying to tempt the patient, the, the humans. And this is the example when two humans have lived together for many years, it usually happens that each has tones of voice and expressions of face, which are almost un unendurably irritating to the other. Work on that. And then again, he says, my dear Wormwood, Wormwood, you idiot. We had the patient right where we wanted him. Your colleague has successfully kept his wife overwhelmed with pointless purchases and impossibly perfect plans. Harshly judging your patient for his lack of helpfulness, she has grown resentful. He responded by pointing out the disorder of the home. Then he stepped on a Lego. Excellent choice. But then you forget what season they are in. You know how, even in the best of times, a sickly sweet season 
spent preparing for the excruciatingly bright arrival of the little troublemaker, capital T, is fraught for us. Yes, we've taught most everyone to ignore the purpose of, I can't say its name, the holiday. But the random song, smell, or happy acquaintance can remind even the tepid soul of the innocence of youthful expectation and the simple joys of the home. Okay, and it goes on. But you get the point. <laughs> hey, you're giving me a smile look. See, you're is giving that me... Durable? Is it... <laughs> you can correct any word you want. Go ahead. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> no, it was beautiful. Though the interesting thing is, is that the first reference is not the reference of a husband and wife. It's oh, a reference it's not? of a mother and son. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so the first reference oh, is so the son has to endure the looks of the mom. And so I, I don't know if they put pointed that out in the context. Well, it says unendurable to each other. Yeah, yeah. So it was the mother and the son. But don't you see how husband and wife oh, would even more so? I can't even imagine that. <laughs> I mean, is that is that part of your world? I, I, that I is. I don't irritate. I, just offer I feel it up like all the time. Yeah. I think I irritate my kids as they get a little bit older, and then they leave, and then they come back, and they're like, "Oh, mom, I miss you so much." So it's it's a very short lived irritation. Whereas husband think- and wife, it gets harder. And more irritable and more like stuck in your own ways as well, you get older. I think what happens is kind of like the turtle, kind of close up in the shell and get hardened. And that's the sadness is that it's hard to remain vulnerable if a look, a glance, a word, a gesture, a, a phrase becomes irritating or is hurtful. And so that's the second reference. The second reference is that uh, this fellow uh, meets someone and is going to experience a conversion and ends up getting converted. But the I think the second one, if you read it again, it, it might actually also reference the, the, the mother and son relationship because I don't think in the book he marries this woman before the, his conversion. Is it a book you'd recommend reading? Oh, it's amazing. It's so, an amazing book. Talk about insight into the spiritual life in by reversing... Um, how it's described. Yes. Right? Because if folks, uh, I'm guessing a lot of folks are familiar with it. We actually did this as a book club years and years ago. But don't you think it's kind of book you'd read two or three, like every five years you'd pull it out? I've read the book several times. Yeah. And our it, kids have read it. John Mark read it last year at the Oaks, and I think John Luke is reading it this year. I don't know. It, the, the other one, they read The Great Divorce, another one, that again, it, it, it it's a powerful way of using a literary form to bring out into the open uh, insights into the spiritual life. I love it. So he goes, with any luck, he'll soon be annoyed by his kids demanding his help with gifts or with the tree. Remind him of his neighbor's car. Season his heart with panic over finances or the state of the world or anything that he can't actually do anything outright, can do anything right about now. This is the point. Keep him focused on what he can't control and resentful of what he can control. If we can do this, victory is never far even during this infernal season of hope and joy. I mean, just see how he speaks into the human condition of feeling out of control. And it's so funny how Tom all gets so like stupidly irritated over something that I read on Facebook or something that a, a comment that I get, you know, in a text. And it can like send like the next 20 minutes into this emotional tizzy of like, what is wrong with me? And yet... I said the same thing. I, <laughs> That's I do. I, just, I wonder I what is wrong. What with is me? wrong? I think. Why does this bother me so much? I can't believe I'm that vulnerable. Anyhow, I think that that last quote, those last two quotes you read, do get at a very easy dynamic that leads to a lot of hurt. And the dynamic is that we apply the ideal to each other's lives, and we measure the real, how they actually, how our our spouse or our children actually are in comparison to the ideal that we have in their minds where they ought to be. And there's no understanding around sympathetic sensitivity to say, I get why you're not there. But rather, it it seems like it's an obvious thing that you should be up there at that ideal place. And that gap, that gap, you know where that gap shows up? In someone's eyes. When, When I look at someone and I look at them as expressing that distance that exists between who you really are and who you ought to be right now, that is, in fact, very hurtful. I think that that, the the look of the gap is a painful look. Yeah, 
And I, I can definitely say that I'm guilty of that. I think um, there's also the opposite, the look of total love and celebration and joy, that that's really where the Lord, I feel, wants to speak to our hearts in a way that transforms it. And I don't feel like that's something you can just read a book or you can just um, take a course. It's actually a transformative process that happens in prayer and adoration. And Yep. Well, it's Thomas Aquinas's We Live Our Lives on the Way. 1995, you and I in Orlando on Saturday night at that World Congress of Evangelization. You remember I spoke on Friday night or Saturday, whatever it was, with Father Tom Forrest. Was, that was the, the largest crowd I ever spoke in front of, 8,000 people. It was pretty cool. Wasn't that pretty cool? It was pretty cool. Oh, okay. honey, it was so amazing. Oh, you were you. just so... You, you, just, you gave me a look just... that was a gap look, okay? <laughs> and I was looking for the, the celebration look, and I got the gap look. Okay. I, think, I think it was 80,000 people that you spoke of. <laughs> there are 80,000 people listening right now to That's you denigrate right. when I was talking in front of 8,000. So there. Now that laugh, is, I, that's a I'm hurtful so, laugh. No. You can't win. You Right now, you cannot I, win. Okay. I think you're so funny. Just, I'm going to mute you. Okay. I'm, I'm, I got control oh, of this volume knob. So you're painful. getting muted. So All right. I didn't even get to the point. The I point know. was, there was this amazing uh, black preacher. Do you remember oh, him? Oh, yeah. He was amazing. He gets up there, and he starts really slow and deliberate with his language and then he starts winding up and winding up and he had us on our feet like roaring it was amazing yeah but one of the lines he said along the way was i ain't i'm not yet where i'm going but i ain't where i've been and that is that's aquinas's uh, that's Aquinas' living life on the way, is that no matter where you're at, if you're living in the light of a journey with the Lord, you're not yet where you're going. So good. But praise be to God, I am no longer where I've been. Made the progress, some yeah. progress. So that's that's the beautiful, that well, that's Advent, right? We're, we're on this journey, but the powerful thing is, is that what is it that's going to move us closer to where we're going? It's that the one who is there, where we're going, is coming to us. Yes. He's coming to us and he wants to, he will be born in us in order to help us advance more uh, further down the journey, further down the road, right? Individually, as a married couple, and as a family. So that's what I'm excited about. Well, Carrie, we're up against the end of our program. Uh, Just about another minute left. Uh, any final uh, word that you want to give as, as by way of encouragement? Uh, just you know that you have a full week before Christmas. Kids are home and it's the octave. I want to do the eight days and just, I don't know, I just feel like it's going to be a really good blessed time. Are you talking about the octave, the 17th up to the 25th? Yes. Oh, that's really neat. I didn't even think of that. I thought you meant the octave of Christmas itself. No. Yeah, so those are the O antiphons. Yes. It's the my o new calendar. Days. has I them all it. on it. Carrie, you've been paying attention to the advent calendar. <laughs> yes. I love it. There's hope for me still. I did not. You, I got caught off guard. Oh, woe is me. Is that one of the O's? <laughs> no. It is not one of the O's. No. <laughs> all Whoops. right. There you go. Oops. There's me. There's proof I'm still sick. All right. <laughs> God bless you all. All right, join me on Monday for more Sun Insight.